I want to open up with this story just because it's what laid, God laid on my heart. I've told you guys this story before, um, but it just, it just lined up perfectly with the message, the thing that God laid on my heart today. I want to preach today on overcoming regrets, and I have a number of reasons why the Lord laid this on my heart to share. I know it's Thanksgiving. Typically, I'd be getting up and doing a message, something like that, but the Lord laid this on my heart. I couldn't shake the thought, so I came back to it. And I, I think a lot of it had to do with just, I, I had this story on my mind of what happened to me when I was a teenager. And uh, when I was a senior in high school, uh, we went to a teen camp called the Wilds. And uh, our teens have gone there, I'm sure some of you, it's a really intense Christian camp. And uh, while we were there, part of the event of being at the Wilds is they have these waterfalls that you can hike way back and you have to go up through the mountains and everything to get there. Well, the night before we were to go on this hike, um, there was a big rainstorm, and so there was a lot of mud, and things got messed up, and as it went down the side of the mountain stuff, and so uh, they had to go through to see if it was okay, and they said, some of the paths are messed up, but uh, I think it will be fine for us to go on this path. So my principal, we went to a smaller Christian school, and I was the student body president, and I, uh, I was voted in by, for simply not because of my leadership skills, because I was willing to make a fool of myself any chance that I got. So I had the humor vote going for me. And so we went to this teen camp, and my principal had the video camera going. So any chance that I got, I was going to do something dumb in front of the camera. And uh, I, I went too far this time. And what happened was, is I said, hey, every time you get the camera on me, I'm going to fake a fall. And, uh, and so I did that. I, I would be going down the path, and I would fake it. And he'd, oh, no, Tony, don't fall, whatever. So I was doing that, and this one time I did it too far. Now, you're going to sit there and go, what was that like? I actually have the video of me falling. So uh, I'm going to show you. This is back in 1995 on an old VHS tape, so it's rough. But I'm going to explain to you what happened. I came, I was going down there, and I was doing the stupid falls, and I got off the path. And I was on the side of a mountain, and there was a stream that went down the path all on, on flat rocks. And I stepped out on those rocks, and I went 75 feet down the side of the mountain. I fell 10 feet off that, and I rolled into a stream. And then uh, they took me out down the streams. It was, it was a very traumatic. I know it's funny now, but it was and I'm like, hey, you want to know something that broke my mom's heart? But it's so funny. you know. Just, so I'll explain this. They're going to show the video, and don't ask me why I'm doing this. It just sets up my message. So it's going to be really embarrassing. So this is, this is me going down the hill. This is my first fall. Yeah, it looked natural, didn't it? I mean, just... There's fall number one. There is fall number one. We're counting them down. So, and that's my well, crazy... Who was that falling down, I saw? Uh, <laughs> what? Slippery. You're crazy. You're crazy. No, 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 stop. That was it. So, uh, halfway down that mountain, I was thinking, that was dumb. <laughs> thinking, I, want, I want people to laugh at me, but I can't hear them if I'm dead. So, I, uh, I, I ended up going down, and a kid actually broke his neck, fell there like a few years before that, and, uh, because he went head first. And it was, I, I, to, my, to this day, I've got scars where it, it messed me up pretty bad. 
from me going down there. It ripped up my shirt. Ripped me up pretty bad. I lost my contacts when I crawled out. I was sitting there and was freaking out on the shore because there was a stick there. But because I lost my contacts, I thought it was a snake. So I, I just remember jumping and freaking out. And the, the guy, they crawled down to get me down. And they had to swim. And he said, the only way out of here, because you could not get back up that hill, I had to swim out. And they had to kind of pull me through there. And so when they came down to get me, I was kind of dancing around. There, I did it again. I was dancing around and uh, afraid of that snake. And so it was a very traumatic time in my life. But I'll tell you, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I thought, I, I wish I could go back. Why did I do that? My question was, why did I get off the path when my principal, even on the videos, Tony, I want to do that. Don't do that. Tony, you're crazy. You're crazy. Don't do that. And then it slipped that. I'm going to tell you the reason why I did that. Because I didn't think what I was doing was going to have the effects that it had. If anybody would have came to me and said, Tony, you're going to end up messing up the entire rest of your week at camp. You're going to be sore. You're going to spend the day in the nurse's office and have to be inspected by the EMTs and all that. I wouldn't have done it. I promise you. But that's what I did anyways. I didn't adhere to what was said. I, I didn't listen to what was going on. And in my childhood, I did that a lot. I can tell you how many times I played with fire until I got burnt. I'm jumping out of trees because I didn't think it was that high. And just accepting dares without thinking about it. And having my mom say, why did you do that? And like, Dave dared me. And, you know, just my whole life. But I can tell you, all of those things come down to this, that I can point to you on my wrist and on my elbow from when I just different places, that I've got scars to prove it. I've got scars that I could say, on that day, I have a scar on my elbow from me falling and doing all that that I still have to this day as a result of what I did back then. And let me tell you right now, in our church, we're all filled with scars from our past. And I'm not, I'm not just saying the physical scars. I'm saying times in our past where we got off the path, we got away from what we knew to be right because we thought we had things figured out. <clears throat> there was times in our life where I thought this won't hurt or this is okay or this won't be a big deal. And, and every, every scar that we have in our emotional, spiritual, physical lives that we have has a story. And usually they're a story of regret. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. Proverbs sixteen twenty five. you don't have to turn there. Let me read this and then we'll get into the book of Jonah. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. And I wanted this morning preach on the subject. I, I started calling this scars, and then I thought more positive of overcoming regrets. And many are thinking, oh, okay, uh, overcoming regrets because I feel really bad about my past, and I feel really bad about that time in my life I did this and that, and so make me feel better. And here's the thing. I, it's not really the basis of my message. I, I want you to realize that God can use your scars for his glory. It, it's not a matter of, oh, I feel better about this, but to turn around and say, hey, I, I've got that scar, and I can tell this story even this morning with me opening up saying, let me tell you what I learned from that. Don't get off the path when people are saying, stop, dummy, you're doing something. You know, just, we, we can all learn from our mistakes. We can all learn and turn around and on, not only learn from them, but use them to reach other people. And that's kind of where I want to take it this morning and look at that. The scars in our life are reminders of where we've been, what we did, and how it affected our lives. Let me share with you in Jonah chapter 1, verse 16. You talk about regret. Let me show you a regret. You guys know the story of Jonah. 
And then I'm going to jump a little forward in the story, and then we'll go back. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice on the Lord and made a vow. And the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of a fish three days and three nights. You want to talk about regrets? What would you be thinking about three days and three nights in the belly of a whale? And I know what people say today that this is impossible and everything. I'm telling you, my guy can do anything. It's in the Bible and I believe it with all of my heart. And here it is, is a story of if I could only start over, if I could only go back. How many times have you said that in your mind? How many, how many times have you been there talking to your kids about something and something gets brought up and says, you know, but if I could only go back. How many decisions have you made with your finances that you sit there and now that you're so strapped, you say, if I could only go back. How many t- decisions did you make when you were a teenager and you did certain things? You went to a certain party. You tried certain things. You got hooked on something. You, you said yes when you should have said no. And you have these regrets in your life. And as a result, you said, as a result, this happened in my life. That scar, if you will. That thing that reminds you, that comes back in your face and say, I did it. It hurt me. It was a hard time in my life. If I could only go back. Jonah was experiencing one of those things. I should have listened to God. I should not have gotten off the path. Lord, if I could only go back. On Friday, I was working in my house. We had our home inspection for selling our house. And, and uh, I, I, I told Jen, it was Friday was my day off, and I said, I'm going to pull up these couple of tiles. They're loose. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just pick out the, the mortar underneath and then just put it back. And I said, I, and she said, how long is it going to take you? We're going to go out and do all this. I said, give me an hour. Eight hours later. I, I, had, I went to Lowe's, and you're going to think I'm joking. I went to Lowe's five times to buy different sandpapers, chiseled to try to get that mortar up. I, 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 I used different sanding, sanders to get that mortar up, and, and it would not come up. I could not get it up. I put dust to the entire house. I had dust so thick in the bathroom, you could not even tell that the sink was white. It was just completely, everything was covered. The house was covered. The vents were covered. Everything we had cleaned perfectly. Now my wife is going back doing it all again. And I'm down there. I'm tired. My back aches. I have to put this down. I can't go to bed because i got to stay up to grout it. I, I am, I'm stressed. And I'm thinking, oh, if I could start over, I would just leave the broken tile. I would just leave it. I would just, I had so much regret. And we get those places in our minds and we just say, dear God, if I could do it over. But I'll tell you, that feeling will haunt us for a very long time. And sometimes some people never get over that feeling of regret. I'm just, I'm marked with that. I'm marked. I'm marked with the scar. Let me tell you, I'm the kid that fell down the mountain. I mean, they still know that today. I went back 15 years later to my high school to preach the high school graduation. They introduced me as the kid that fell down the mountain. How would you like, I'm like, I've done other things with my life, you know, it's like, and I'm introduced as, and then, then at that, at the graduation, they presented me a copy of the video. That's how I got it. And I didn't have it for all those years. People say, I regret not going to college. I regret not giving my life as a teen. I regret wasting my opportunities. I regret that relationship. I regret, I regret. Let's go back to the beginning. Jonah 1.1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, 
and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found his ship going to Tarshish. And he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Let me just say, you can't ever run from the presence of the Lord. You can run from your mom, you can run from your dad, you can run from the cops, but you can't not run from God. And here he is, he's in this situation. So I want to back up. I want to show you, first of all, the source of regret. The source of regret. This is a launching power. You realize that our scars usually begin with a choice. If you, if you look back in your life to the scars that you have, you did not just want, wake up one day and, hey, babe, honey, I don't know how I got that, you know. She's going to say, well, you had to do something at some point in your life to get it. Every, every scar we have has an origin. It has a beginning. It has a time in our life where we made a choice to do that. Here I'm sitting there. Everyone standing around me when I walked off the path to go into that was yelling at me. You can, if you heard the video louder, you'd be able to hear everybody saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? I didn't listen. I did not listen. I made a conscious choice of I want to do this right now for whatever. I don't even know what I was thinking. I have no idea. But here it is. Jonah is making a decision. Jonah made a choice to be where he should not have been. God told him where to go. God told him what to do. But we we say the thing a lot of times that we fall into sin. I don't know if that's a real statement to say. We don't fall into sin. Sometimes we jump into sin. Sometimes there's a battle going in on our minds of saying, you should not do that. You should not go there. You should not date them. You should, should, should not buy this. We shouldn't do it. And we argue with ourselves and we do it anyways. Jonah made a decision to run from God. Can we just be honest? Most of us know right from wrong. I mean, if you sit there and say, oh, I didn't know with something in the back of your mind saying, don't do this. You know, we, we, we go to church and, and we, we hear these things and we know where we should be and shouldn't be. Then we set ourselves up. You know, because like, the thing is, we have it in our minds that this won't affect us. Now, I, like I said, when I started off, I didn't. If you would have came up to me and said, Tony, stop right now. You're going to fall 75 feet. It's going to be one of the worst days of your life. I would be like, oh, I want to do it anyways. More than likely, I would have said, yeah, I think I'll keep walking and fake another fall down here. You know, I, I, I wouldn't have done that. And the thing is, you say, if I would have just had what Jonah had. Here, here the Bible says, Jonah 1.1, if I would have this, dear God, if you just give me this, I wouldn't have regrets in my life. Jonah 1.1, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh. You know, if, if it was just that simple, dear, dear God, if every morning I just woke up and you said, don't do this and do this, dear God, I will do that. Thank you for saving me out of this trouble. But I, I'm here to tell you that God does do that. See, the thing is, the Bible clearly says that God has given us the scriptures. God has given us the word of God. I have inside of my life the indwelling of the spirit of God. And God has given me the word of God that spells out right and wrong what I should be doing. It's only when we get away from this that we end up slipping down the side of the mountain and end up in regret. That's why the Bible says, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. Bible says, I, I've told you all these things, and some of us live in ignorance because we don't get into the book. We don't sit there and listen to church. We don't apply what we learn, and then we have these regrets in our life. That's why, man, when I, when I get up in, in front of church, youth group, church, uh, teen department, whatever, I'm sitting there, man, I'm pouring my heart out. I'm saying, right now, you have a chance 
You, there's a starting point in your life. You have a chance not to have scars in your life if you would just listen to what God says. But let me tell you, as much as we say that to teenagers, it goes just as much for adults. Those words you might never even get back when you get in the flesh and say that. That argument you might never get back. That time you might not ever get back. We look at the source of our scars, our source of regrets. Second thing I want you to look at is the place of regret. Let me, let me show you where Jonah is. Jonah, Jonah chapter 2 verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. I went down to the bottom of the mountains, he says in verse 6. Let, let, me, let me explain something here. Your sin, our getting off the back, our choices will bring us to rock bottom. And, and in Jonah's life, literally meaning to the bottom. Jonah never would have thought when he would got on that path to say, hey, I'm going to go out and do my own thing, that he'd end up in this situation. But this is what I love about Jonah. Talking about in that place of regret. Maybe you're there right now and you say, oh, God, what did I do? Lord, why did I do that? Lord, I, I, I know that I got away from you and I disobeyed, but Lord, now I'm in that place of regret. Lord, I'm in the center of that spot that I'm saying, Lord, if I could go back, if I could redo time, if I could just change this. But let me show you how things changed for him. He acknowledged his sin. Verse 2, chapter 2, verse 2. And said I, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Let me tell you one thing that keeps people down in their regrets is that we're not, when they're not willing to acknowledge their regret. It bothers me to death when I sit there and I'm dealing with people and their life is falling apart and they fell into sin or something like that and the words never come out of their mouth, I did wrong. Did you guys hear what I'm saying? You know what I had to do when I got back to there? And I'm, the, the rest of the video shows me at one point I'm sitting there and they're around me and my elbow, my arm, and they're and checking out all these things that I'm doing there. I had to look up at my principal and I had to look him in the face and said, I shouldn't have done that. It wasn't funny anymore. It wasn't, I got it in the flesh. I should have listened. I should not have done that. I am sorry. Do you know what holds us back from saying those words? It's called pride. We all battle with pride. I don't care if you've been in church your whole life. I don't care who your mom and dad were, the history that you have, or what people think of you. We all, as human beings, battle with pride. And as prideful people, we have a hard time saying the words, I'm sorry, or acknowledging that he did. Here you could have turned around, the storm got bad, and they threw Joan overboard. It's like, oh, I'm the bad guy, I got picked on. No, he did wrong. We live in regret because we're not willing to take accountability for our actions. Jonah was in the bottom of the whale, and he said, I cried by reason of my affliction. God, I did this. Lord, I made the mistake. And I promise you, you may as well wallow in your regret because you will never get out of it till you get to the point of just saying, God, I'm sorry. Go back to your wife. I'm sorry that I messed up that way. I'm sorry, kids, that I lied to you. I'm sorry that I didn't ask. I'm sorry that I snuck out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. But I love this. In the midst of him doing this, he acknowledged not only his sin, but he acknowledged his hope. Verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. You know, you're not, not going to like what I'm going to have to say. But just, just listen up. 
Have you ever realized that sometimes we hit bottom and God brings us to the bottom? He's sitting there saying, oh, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear No, listen. Jonah was on a wrong path. Jonah should have died. The storm was so horrible that these, these guys that were running the ships, the guys that were piloting these ships were literally screaming out to their God saying, God, save us. They were scared to death. That doesn't just happen. This was a storm created by who? God. Do you realize that God will bring storms into your life? Say, man, I thought a loving God. God says, yes, whom I loveth, I chasteneth. You cannot just run from God and be a child of God and God just sit there and says, well, when you get done, come back to me. No, God will hunt you down. And you say, why does God do do that? Because God loves you that much. Let me explain something to you. It's all in how you look at it. The whale was the biggest blessing that's ever came into that man's life. Because when he was thrown overboard, he should have died within seconds. You cannot swim through a a storm like that. You cannot survive through a storm like that. God was saying, you'll never be happy on that path. You will never find satisfaction on the path. That will never work for you. Okay, send the storm. (laughs) Send the storm. He's not listening. He kept running from the presence of God. And God's saying, you're not going to do that. Boom, storm comes. He's still not getting it right. What's all this going on? Why did this happen? Okay, I think I know. I disobeyed the one and only true God. Are you crazy? Throw him overboard. Throw him overboard, and there's the fish just sitting there, you know, ready to go. God, the Bible says that God prepared the fish. God has prepared a way for him to get a hold of you. And sometimes if you keep on that same direction, yes, the storm's going to get worse. Yes, you're going to keep hitting bottom. It wasn't until he hit bottom that he said the words, when my soul fainted, I remembered the Lord. What do you mean you remember the Lord? I thought you were running from God. No, you finally figured it out. Jesus said to them, he said, without me you can do nothing. In your life, if you're running from God in whatever way, you will never, ever be satisfied or fulfilled until you cry out to God where you're at. Some of you are saying, man, I've hit bottom. I get that three, three days in the belly of the whale, he could literally said that my life stinks. <laughs> With no exaggeration. My life stinks. Look at, have you ever read verse 5 of that when he's describing that? He says, the waters can pass about me, even my soul, even the so- to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. Listen to that description. He's just saying, man, I just, oh, I can't get out that, that, that story, you know, I, I tell you what, that when, I, when I hurt myself, and it hurts, sin hurts, disobedience hurts, running from God hurts, but I can tell you for the rest of the week, I was like, man, God, why would you do that? God's like, what? I didn't get you off that path. I didn't tell you to do that. I even told 20 people to yell at you while you're doing that, but we're sitting there shaking to us saying, you know what, Lord, you're right. I did do that. That's my fault. And God says, all right, let me show you what I'm going to do. I've got this thing called healing. And it's something that no man can do. You see, a wound leads to a scar, but before that, it takes healing. Let me tell you, it's God that does the healing. Healing comes when they sat down and they, they took out all these things and they said, all right, man, we're going to have to get all this garbage out of here. I was like, okay. They begin to clean and, and do all these things. And, 
And, you know, I, I had to go through that. And I'll tell you, when you go through conviction and you're thinking, man, I came today and that preacher just beat me off. No, it's not. I'm just trying to give you God's word because God will take out that spiritual scrub brush and say, buddy, we're going to have to get the junk out before healing will ever come to that. Before it will ever heap, reach the point of a scar, I've got to clean that wound out. And God does that. And I'll tell you, it's not comfortable. You sit in there and allow God to take that spiritual scrub brush, and he's doing it because he loves you that much, and when he gets the junk out, he can bring healing to that regret, to that wrong decision, to that path that you shouldn't have taken. God does that. Let me close with the scars of our regret. You might think that this sounds negative, but that is not my goal. I want to show you. Yes, scars are a reminder of past choices as a result of past wounds, it tells a story of a mistake. That's what it is. It's, 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 I, I can tell you, I can roll up my sleeve and show you the big scar on my thing and say, let me tell you how I got this. And I could sit there and turn it into a little pity party and go, oh, I got off. I fell for the rest of the week. You know, and I could go off and all that. And sit there, I, but you say, well, how'd you get over the regret? Well, number one, I turned around and said, well, I did it. It was my fault. I acknowledged when I, then I did just like Johnny did. Lord, you're my hope. God, I can do nothing without you. Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. But I'll tell you, a scar is a story of God's healing. I don't care how bad that divorce was from your past. I don't care how bad you rebelled as a teenager. It doesn't matter how much money you blew to get into that mess. I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's only God that pulls us out to bring healing to our lives. Because when God brings healing and you say, yeah, but now I got the scar. It says, God says, yeah, but does it hurt like it did? No, Lord, it doesn't hurt that way. But I still know that it happened. And God says, that's right. Because it did happen. But I want you to do this now. As you sit there and maybe you struggled with, where is it? Mike Myers was just taken off up to go there. Mike, Mike Myers struggled with alcohol and drugs. I'm telling you, I tell you that because he tells you that. He gets up every week and, and tells his story. Now, it's not bragging on it, but he lifts up those scars and says, let me tell you some of the years of my life that I wasted. But let me tell you how God brought it to my life and how God heals and brings us out of those things. You see, it's not so much the fact that you have scars. I'm just asking you, what are you doing with your scars? What are you doing to show God's redemption story of how God works in our life? In chapter 2, verse 10, let me show you. It's, it's, it's how you tell the story of your scar that makes the difference. Chapter 2, verse 10, and the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. I don't know about you, this would be one of the best and worst days of my life. And it has to use the word vomited. I mean, just it's right there in Scripture. The big story behind the story here is that Nineveh was the enemy of Jonah. And God told him to go reach his enemies and, and that was just, that's why he was in his eyes, God, I don't want to do that, Lord, I don't want to. They don't deserve it. And I tell you, that day that he was vomiting, he's laying on the shore, and he's three days in the belly of the whale, and he smelt and probably looked all crazy, and, and everything that happened to him, he stood up, and so, so I'm supposed to go tell them that God loves them in spite of their mistakes. Talk about a lesson. You talk about getting the idea of God's great mercy and God's grace and God's love when you don't deserve it. People don't get vomited up by fish every day. And if they do, get a picture of it. I'd love to see that. 
It's not something that happens. You see, God did a miracle in his life to save him from his wrong. That was, that was God's redemption. That was God's grace. And maybe sometimes you said, man, I hit bottom and I lost everything. And God says, okay, tell them the rest of the story. Yes, you did. But tell them how from that day you got up and said, man, now I understand that I can't do anything without God. That's the story to tell them. That's your redemption. That's the story of your scar. That's how God turns things around. You see, God gave Jonah a second chance because God had a plan for Jonah. And I don't care what your regret is. God gives you second chances because God's got a plan for your life. I, I, I've been, I, I don't want to be known. I don't want to be known for the kid that was dumb and fell down the mountain. I want to be known for the kid that gave the rest of his life to preach the gospel. That's how I want to be known. It's time to change your story. Instead of living up the regret of what you did, live it out of what God's done to change you into who you are today. And stop bragging on your scars of what you did, but start telling about how God's changed you. Last night, God gave me something just, oh my goodness. Bring up the picture, Richard. That's a close-up of the video. 5 10 This happened 18 years ago, and I did not know this. I got married on 5 10 I got married at what time, Jen? Sometime that afternoon. <laughs> she was floating on clouds that day. She doesn't remember details. Prince Charles. Oh, at one. Okay, at one. You said one? Okay. I, I, that happened, and this is a couple minutes. That happened within 30 minutes of when I got married two years later. Do you know how cool? I, I mean, this, I discovered this last night. I had no idea the date, the time. I didn't plan the wedding and say, baby, I really want to get married on the day I almost died. It's not how it happened. But it was almost to where it was like God says, you know what? You messed up, but here's your second chance. And on the anniversary of that, God gave me the launching pad to become who I am today. It was on that day when we got married, we moved to Florida, and I went to Bible college. It was on that day that I, I, I married a future pastor's wife. It was on that day that I, I, I moved down the train. That's all that happened at that time. And I just looked back at that and thought, wow, that's the day I almost died. And God says, no, that's the day that I gave you a second chance to live your life for me. What are you doing with your scars? I'm going to read a verse and then we're going to be done. Jonah, of course, gets out and he runs from God. He runs into that, spits up on there, and then he runs and tells them. And you guys know the story of how, and Jonah began in chapter 3, verse 4, and began to enter in the city, day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God. You see, God wasn't through with Jonah in spite of his regret, in spite of his mistake, in spite of his past, in spite of him doing what he should not have done. And you say, oh, pastor, I I appreciate this, and I I, want to get to that point. I want to, but I just don't know how I could ever overcome. If I was to have an hour, I'll tell you my story. Let me read this, and then we'll be done. Isaiah 53, verse 4. So how, how, how can I change this? Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. 
Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. For with his stripes we are healed. You say, how can I overcome? How can I find healing? It's God that does the healing and he did it at Calvary when he took your sin. That's it. It's not going to church. It's not being a do-gooder. It's, it's, it's not all the things that you're trying so hard. Oh, I'm trying to be a good person for the rest of my life. It's not being a good person for the rest of your life. It is God transforming your life from the inside out through the power of the Spirit of God. That's how it all happens. And if you're trying to do it any other way, it will never work. And you will live in regret till the day you die. It's only God. So there's people right now. You're walking down the hill about to get into the slippery slope because you're trying to get the attention or trying to live it up, however. And I yell at you and say, the source of it is when you get away from God and you don't listen to what God has to say. If you're running from your parents, I cry out to you and say, hey, the end of it is the ways of death and it will never pay off. Some of you are smack in the place of regret right now. I am so sorry. I'm so tired. I feel so guilty. I feel so bad. I feel so down. And some of you are looking at your scar right now going, God, I, I'm, I'm that boy that fell down the mountain. I'm that girl that had a baby when I was whatever. I'm that guy that... And God says, let's stop. I brought healing to your life. What are you going to do with it? Because let me tell you, there's people out there. Mike Myers will be standing behind a pulpit in just an hour or whatever to preach downtown mission where a bunch of people struggling with drugs and alcohol are going to walk through the door. I, I, I could get up there and say this and that and preach whatever, but I can't preach and teach the message like he can because he can turn around and say, oh, everybody say, oh, I've got this and I've done this and I've done that. And he says, so have I. But mine doesn't hurt anymore. And let me tell you what God will do for your wounds that are in your life right now. 